Yes. So I, I actually need to clarify real quick as I get started. I'm still a youth pastor. And so I'm still involved. I'm doing everything I, I'm doing all currently. So just, just to clarify that to you, I'm like, like quitting youth ministry. I still love it. And so just so you guys know, like, but like Nick, Denise are working with me now. So yeah, I'm so excited for that, you guys. Um, but I just want to say this. Uh, Kristen and I have been uh, in youth ministry, um, youth pastors actually going on 22 years um, and yeah, so, so just so you guys know, um, I'm not saying like this in a braggy kind of way, but like people don't stay in youth ministry this long. So I'm either crazy or I'm crazy. And, and, um, but no, I'm, I am, uh, getting around like other youth pastors and getting to know other youth pastors in our, in our network. Um, I am like one of the oldest youth pastors, um, but, uh, but I, I love it. I love, I love the next generation. I love seeing students know and find Jesus and, and they're seeing their lives change. And, and I would say even in this, uh, this last year you know, uh, of youth ministry, we've seen God move in tremendous ways. We've seen baptisms. We've seen salvations. We've seen um, students bringing students. We've seen lives being continually being changed, and um, and I I still have a heart and a love and a passion for for that. And so, um, but yeah, Kristen and I we've we've been in youth ministry for twenty two years, and um, and it's funny because Kristen always said, um, so we came here at Crown Point. Uh, what year was it? Two thousand ten. And at that point, Jackson was seven and Evie was three. And Kristen always said, I want to be out of youth ministry by the time our kids get there. Well, Jackson comes to youth and now Jackson is graduated and is in college. And now he volunteers as one of our students. And so, and then now Evie is in youth as a junior in high school. And, um, and she's one of our students. Um, so I've had the opportunity to be the youth pastor to my older two kids. Um, and then since June, I've had the opportunity to, to be the kids pastor, uh, to my youngest kid. And, and actually, um, last week, so, Learning and, and, and doing kids ministry is obviously very different than youth. And so we're just kind of now seems like getting in a good routine of things going on. And uh, it's like, it was funny. Um, yes, last Sunday when we came home from church, we were sitting around um, our kitchen just kind of talking as a family. And Jet, um, my youngest, um, he spoke up and he said, uh, you know, Dad, you're actually turning out to be a pretty good kids pastor. And so... Um, so yeah, whether it be, uh, if it's youth ministry or kids ministry or young adult ministry, we also lead our young adult ministry here at the church, um, or, and Kristen leads sisterhood and things like that. I want you to know that this is our life's call. This isn't just something that we do. This isn't just a job that we take on. This is just something that we do. This is our life's call. So whatever area of ministry that we find ourselves in, it doesn't matter because we're ultimately called to the local church and this is who we are and this is who we're going to be. And so, um, so if you brought your Bibles today, we're actually going to start out in the Old Testament this morning. We're going to be looking in Deuteronomy um, chapter six. Um, but like I said, when we moved here uh, from Joplin uh, to be youth pastors here, um, Jackson was seven, Evie was three, Jet wasn't even considered at that point. And now um, we are going on our 14th year 
at this church. And I want you to know that, um, that God's still speaking to us. He's still doing a work in us. He's not done with us. And, and he's still moving. And so I'm so excited for what God, where God's taking us, where how God's leading this next generation and how he's using us um, to play a part in that. So if you got your Bible today, we're going to be looking in Deuteronomy. Um, and it's a verse in the Old Testament. And we're going to read a decent little chunk of scripture, which was my nickname in high school. Sorry, I know, I'm going to keep saying that joke till it gets way too old. Um, anyways, uh, Deuteronomy verse, uh, chapter 6, we're going to start in verse 4. It says this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all of your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and uh, shall talk to them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall, uh, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be a fontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And when the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give to you with great and good cities that you did not build and houses full of good things that you did not fill and cisterns that you did not dig and vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant. And when you eat and are full, then take care lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery. It is the Lord your God you shall fear. Him you shall serve, and by his name you shall swear. You shall not go after other gods, the gods of the peoples who are around you. For the Lord your God is in your midst and is a jealous God, lest the anger of the Lord be, uh, the Lord your God be kindled against you and he destroy you from all the face of the earth." So I just want to talk about a few things this morning, talking about uh, the next gen and, and, and about who we are and about um, just, just a few thoughts this morning about kind of where we're going, kind of what we're doing, kind of what's on my heart. Um, and here's the first thing I want you to catch today if you're taking notes. And I want to encourage you to take notes, whether it be me speaking or Pastor Dennis speaking or whoever is up here speaking, take notes. I really believe that God can speak to you in moments and you're going to want to write those things down and you're going to want to remember them. So the first thing I want you to catch today is this. The God of the Bible is a generational God. He's a generational God. And, and one of the things that's so great about God is that not that he's um, demanding worship for every generation, but rather when you see him for, for who he is, old or young, when you see God for who he is, you'll worship him because he's worthy and he's worthy of the worship of every generation. He's the God of generations. Not only is is God a generational God, but he's creating a generational people. And here's what I love about our church right here, Crown Point Church, is um, if you look around our church, if you're here very long and you look around, um, you will see every generation represented in this church. And I, and I love that. Um, we, ha- we have, actually, we have some babies that were like just born like as a week or two ago. 
And, and then we have one, I know at least one that's just about to be born. But then also we have in this church people who are in their 90s. And, and everything in between, every generation is represented here. Um, speaking of, of generations, do we have any Gen Z in the room? Do you know, like, Gen, yeah, a few of our Gen Z in the room. Um, any millennials in the room? <laughs> okay. Um, millennials are usually proud of themselves, so. Um, any, um, any of the, the forgotten generation? So I call the forgotten generation Gen X. That's my generation. Yeah. Yeah, Gen X people. Um, like, serious, we had Nirvana. We had, like, all, we had grunge music. We had the good stuff. Like, but people forget about that. But, um, and, and like we were the, the generation that was born before cell phones. And then we had the ones who had to, had to learn how to use cell phones in the first place. And then um, any baby boomers in the room? Yeah, baby. They're excited. That's good. Um, maybe if you're watching online, like type in the chat, like what's your generation? Um, like, and, 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 um, and then even before that, there was the silent generation and there was the greatest generation. Um, and every generation is represented and that's God's heart. That's God's heart. He's a generational God and he wants a generational people. And I, and I want you to catch something this morning. Um, one of the things that it, it kind of actually blew my mind as a follower of Jesus is Jesus has actually, if you're in this room and you're a follower of Jesus, Jesus has given you and I um, the opportunity to be his reflection here on earth. That's a pretty amazing thing. We get to reflect God on this earth. The, the Imago Dei and the, the image of God. And, and he, didn't, he didn't give mountains that. He, he didn't give stars that. He didn't give animals that. What he gave was humanity that. So one of the things we understand then, if, if we're followers of Jesus, because God is forgiving, you and I are forgiving people. Because the God of the, because the God of the Bible is loving, you and I are a loving people, right? Because uh, the God of the Bible, because he pers- pursues people even when they're broken and in their worst place. You and I, we pursue people when they're broken and when they're in their worst place. Does this make sense? Are you with me? Okay. (laughs) No one's sleeping here today, okay? Um, And I want you to catch this. Um, One one of the reasons that this um, truth that we just unpacked is so important Um, is there are some things that we cannot image bear alone. See, the, the generational God of the Bible is one of them. Um, like, and, and here's the beautiful thing. I need you, and you need me. You may not know this, but you need me as well. Um, especially if what we're going to be doing is we're going to be displaying the goodness of God in our community and in generations, in the future generations, we serve a generational God. So I want you to check this out. And, and, and I found this recently, and it, it, it's exciting. 
Um, it's, it's really amazing. It's really cool. I, I found this recently. And, and what this is, this verse that we're going to read, if you read the Bible, this is the very last verse of the Old Testament. It's in Malachi uh, 4, verse 6. And it says this, He will turn the hearts of the parents, one generation, to their children, another generation. And the hearts of their children, one generation, to their parents, another generation. And this is the way the Old Testament closes. So one of the things it it will cause you to do, um, Christians in this room, there will be a moment where you stop thinking about just your own personal relationship with Jesus. And you're gonna become more concerned about honoring the generation above you and fueling the generation behind you. See, to honor the generation that came before us, but, but to fuel the generation that comes after us. And this is who we are. And this is how, here's, here's how, I, want to, how I want to challenge us today um, and, and for us to be different today. Um, have, having said that, um, I want you to know that this thought is completely counterintuitive to the way that the world works. The world does not do this. This isn't what we do. So a few moments ago, let me explain. A few moments ago, we recognized every generation that's represented here in this room. We had our Gen Z, Gen uh, Millennials, our Gen X, um, our Boomers. Um, We recognized every generation represented in this room. And I want you to tell this, like tell you this. So the, the generation that we're reaching in our next gen ministries is next gen, or I'm sorry, um, Gen Z and now Gen Alpha. And, and I want you to know this, Gen Z, this is what they hear other generations saying about them. They're lazy, they're worthless, they're entitled, Has anyone heard this? Yeah. Now, generationally speaking, who does Gen Z hear this from? The older generations, right? Now, boomers in the room, you know this to be true. Uh, And I know, um, I know this a, a long time ago, but do you remember This was a long time ago, but boomers in the room, do you remember what was said about you? Bunch of hippies, right? Free love, mind-altering drugs. Like you had Woodstock. Like you had the Beatles and Elvis. And like the real Jesus revolution, right? And the generations previous to you we're blasting you guys as well and wanted to divide. Let me tell you what this is. When we're dividing generations, this generation's worthless. This generation's lazy, bunch of hippies. Here's what we're doing. That's the spirit of the enemy. See, when you meet Jesus Christ, 
when you meet Jesus Christ and when he saves you and his spirit begins to live in you, what we stop doing is we stop dividing and we begin to honor and we begin to fuel and lead the next generation. Can I get an amen? See, we can't be a church and, and God's people who are gonna be dividers of generations. We can't sit there and point the finger and the, those youth, they're always tearing up the building. <laughs> yeah, we do. Let's be honest. But we need to be honoring and fueling. We need to be supporting and loving. We can't be tearing up and dividing generations. That is the work of the enemy. And hopefully, prayerfully, this will change us all to honor the generation and to fuel the next generation. And it should, it should challenge us, honestly, to get to work. Leading, discipling, loving the younger generations. And, and what that is, let me tell you what that is. That's God's character. It's who he is. And he puts that character on display in you and me. Um, I want to move on with this. Um, I, I would like for us to think about how we define success in the local church. Um, and obviously that's not my job necessarily, but I want us to look at, at it this way. Um, many times how we define success in the local church. Um, well, actually, let me tell you what it is first. Success in the local church is succession. Success in the local church is succession. So no longer can we gauge success in the church by the amount of butts in seats. I'm sorry, I said but. But that's not how we can gauge success. We have to recognize that our sending capacity to the next gen generation and not our seating capacity is what's gonna make the difference and what we're, how we're gonna see the, begin to see the glory of God and make its way into the next generation. Are you awake? Yeah. See, I want you to tell, tell you this, and this is why this needs to be how we look at success because there are churches all over the world who are closing their doors and it has everything to do with how intentional they are about reaching the next generation. What a shame would it would be if Crown Point Church ceased to exist after my generation because I didn't do everything I could to reach it and to lead it. Deuteronomy verse 6, 20 and 21, it says this. When your son asks you in the time to come. So when the next generation asks us, why do we do what we do? I want you to look at what happens. It goes on to say, what's the meaning of the testimonies and the statutes and the rules that the Lord our God has commanded you? So what they're saying is like, why do we sing? Why do we worship? Why are we generous? Why do we prioritize church? Why do we read the Bible? Why do we pray? When your kids, when the younger generation is coming to us and saying, why do we do these things? Why do we do these things? Why, why? Verse 21 says this, then you shall say to your son, 
We were, we were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt. And the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. See, one of the things that we must prioritize is telling our story to the next generation of how broken we were. See, in Deuteronomy, they're talking about uh, being slaves and being freed of being slaves in Egypt. And, And let me remind all of us in the room today that we were way worse than slaves in Egypt. We're slaves to sin and death. See, one of the most powerful testimonies that you have in your mouth is how God redeemed you, is how God changed you. And so here's the challenge. Here's what I wanna challenge us all with this week. Every single one of us in this room, maybe you're watching online, maybe you're a grandparent, maybe you're a great-grandparent, maybe you're a parent in the room, maybe you're an uh, auntie or an unky. Um, But here's the challenge for dad, mom, grandpa, grandpa, grandma, unky, auntie, if you have a child old enough to understand it, set them down. You, you, hey, they're out of school tomorrow. Set them down and tell them how Jesus saved your life. Uh, Dalton, could you come back up and, and play keys just for a moment? Um, I wanna tell you this story real quick as, as we close our time today. Um. This is a story about a man. Um, He was actually born in eastern Oklahoma. Um, The place he was born is not even really a place. It's like an area, I guess, a place called Punkin Holler. And um, he lived through the the Roaring Twenties, the Great Depression. um, And this man, he eventually, actually he, he lied about his age and so he could go and fight in World War II. And um, his name is Millard Kelly. And this is him. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> uh, Millard, he fought in North Africa and Italy, all the way through Italy in, in World War II. He, he saw multiple major wars and, and uh, major things that he went through. Um, after the war, Millard came back a broken man, like many people did in this time. Um, most days, what he would do is he would drink himself into oblivion. He was a drunk. Alcohol was how he coped. And so one day he had this uh, medical thing happen in his life and he ends up in the hospital. And while he's in the hospital, uh, a lady actually from the local church, it was called the Tabernacle, um, she just stopped by and just talked to him and prayed with him. And in that hospital bed, led him to the Lord. He gets out of the hospital. He goes home a changed man. And he tells his whole family, we're going to church. We're going to church from now on. And from this point forward, Millard, he was a different man. He was changed. And the reason I tell you the story about Millard Kelly is because that's my grandpa. Um, <clears throat> he wasn't a perfect man. 
Um, But he raised his family to know the goodness of God. And here's what it did. Because he raised his family to know the goodness of God that had an impact on my mom. And, um, and my mom, as a young woman growing up, she, she, she went on missions trips. And this was like in the 1950s. And, and um, she was on a missions trip in, in Central America. To, she was in Guatemala. And um, on this missions trip is where my mom felt called to kids ministry, to minister to children. And I want to say this, even at age, she'll probably watch this later and correct me because I'm, I think I'm wrong. But even at age, and I, I think I can say this too, I don't know. At age 77, 78 maybe, my mom is still ministering every single Sunday to children in her local church. See, my grandfather made an impact on my mom. My mom made an impact on me. I get the opportunity to make an impact on my kids and as a pastor upon the next generation. And I want you to know why it matters so much. See, the faith of my family was passed down from generation to generation to generation. If you want to know that your faith matters and it matters that you have conversations about your faith. It matters that you, what you talk about. It matters that you read the Bible and what it means to you. It matters because it's, you're telling what it means to you. And so what that is, is your testimony. And I want you to know today that it matters to the next generation. One of the coolest things that we have in our youth ministry is we have a 92-year-old lady, 93. We call her Queen Janine, who we have show up every now and then. And she speaks to our students just for a few moments. The generations matter. The moments matter. Those things matter. Tell your testimony. It matters to the next generation. I want you to know this. The next generation needs to know, they need to hear what God saved you from. They need to hear and they need to know how the goodness of God in your life. They need to hear these things. The prayers, like the next generation needs to know. So maybe for you, parents in the room, maybe even grandparents in the room, these moments matter. It might be the prayers in the parent pickup line in the, in the minivan. It, it might be those moments of, of going to the dance recitals and the ball games and the, the moments where you're talking about your faith and the Bible and what God's doing in your life or in, it matters. It matters. Telling the next generation matters. And I want to close uh, this way. And I want to just simply close by praying for you. Um, but before we get there, I just want everyone to take a moment, close your eyes and, and bow your heads. Um, 
Maybe you heard that story this morning of, of my grandfather. And maybe you, you say today, you know what, that's me. I'm, I, I'm lost, I'm broken, I don't know Jesus, and I need him today. If that's you in this room, would you just simply raise your hand? We wanna pray with you. Here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna ask um, to do something a little bit different today. Um, our, our, our boomer generation, would you stand with me? These are grandparents, great-grandparents, amazing. I look around this room, I see amazing, amazing people in the, who are, that's, this is your generation. I wanna do this. I wanna pray for our boomers. Let's do that. Heavenly Father, I love you. I thank you, Lord, for this generation. I thank you, Lord, for, for what you've done in their, in their lives in, in, in the past and all the moments that they've had and all the God moments that they've seen and, and where you've taken them in the past and how you're continuing even to move them forward. Lord, I just thank you for the, the work that's been put in in this generation, the, the, the love that's been poured out through this generation, Lord. And I just thank you, Lord, that you're continuing to work in their lives. Lord, I thank you for our boomers. I thank you, Lord, just for the, the awakenings and the moments that they've seen and that they've experienced. Lord, I pray that the stories that they've had of moments with you will be told to the next generations. Thank you, God. If you guys would stay standing with me, I, I wanna, our, um, our actually parents in this room, if you're a parent in this room, would you stand? I wanna pray over our parents. Heavenly Father, I love you. I thank you for every parent in this room. I thank you, Lord, that you, you've put it on us to lead our homes, to lead our families, to show them the ways of the Lord, to show them how we honor and love and respect the past generations and how we can look to the next generation. God, I just thank you for parents. I thank you that you'll, you'll begin to equip them and lead them and how they lead their families in the ways of the Lord. God, I just thank you. I thank you. I thank you for parents in this room who are picking up the mantle to love and to lead the next generation and not just letting them figure it out on their own, but to showing them the goodness of the Lord in their homes and having conversations in their homes in the parent pickup lines and on the way to the practices and at night praying together and reading the Bible to together. I thank you, Lord, that you'll lead and empower the parents. And maybe you're not a parent in this room, but maybe you're an auntie or an unky. Would you stand with us? Because listen, we play a part in this too. We make a huge impact on the family as well. I wanna pray for you, Heavenly Father, I thank you for all the aunts and the uncles and, and, and the people who, who may be support, who may be um, there for the, the family or even the kids. Lord, I pray, Lord, that they will use their testimonies to tell of the next generation of your goodness, of your greatness 
and how you've worked and how you've moved. Lord, I just thank you, Lord, that, that you're going you're gonna to bless all the aunts and the uncles and the family members. And, and you're going to continue to use them to, to help reach the parents and the kids and the next generation. God, I just thank you. And lastly, could we have, any, I guess, anyone else, the students, the youth in the room to stand with us? Gen Z, we just woke them up. Now listen, this is who we're called to fuel. Uh, us older generations in this room, we've had our moments. We've had our times, like I remember, and, and probably many of you guys in this room is before we even lived here, people got on buses and drove to places like Brownsville and went to revival services and went to all kinds of crazy stuff like that. This generation hasn't seen that. They need to know and to hear the goodness of God and how he's moved. But I wanna challenge us in this way too. And I love that um, Pastor Newby used to say this all the time. He would stand up here and say this all the time. And I, I love Pastor Newby, a great man of God. But I remember him saying often from right here in this spot, he'd say, listen, if it were up to me, We'd have quartet music and orchestras. But he would remind us all, we're not trying to reach my generation. We're trying to reach the next generation who needs to know Jesus. And so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna continue to put together a plan. We're gonna have a focus and a focused effort to continue to reach our next generation. And so here's what I wanna all to do in the room is I want us to pray for our next generation, for our youth, for our, where all of our kids are, are next door. Actually, side note, one way we can bless our next generation is um, we can give to Impact Tomorrow Today. Right, Jason? And we can help continue to reach the next generation. But let's pray for this generation. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'll put it on our hearts that we won't be dividers, that we won't say the words out of our mouth won't say that this generation is worthless, that they're lazy, that they're no good. But Lord, I pray that the words that come out of our mouth towards this generation will be uplifting, will be encouraging. Lord, and, and, and we see hope in this generation where other people don't see we see hope, we see goodness, we see God, we see you working in their lives. Even if you just take a look at our kids' ministry and our youth ministry, we see God moving. And so Lord, this generation is not hopeless. This generation is not worthless. This generation has a calling of God on their lives, just like every past and previous generation. So Lord, I pray that you would just help the rest of us in this room to fuel and to lead and to encourage and to empower the next generation. Help them know that, that they're loved, that they're wanted here and that they're valued here. God, I just thank you that you're gonna bring the next pastors, the next leaders, the next evangelists, the next move of God, of the power of your Holy Spirit is gonna pour out of this generation. And so Lord, we lift them up. We encourage them. We reach out to them. 
and we love them, Lord. I just pray that you would just put it deeply on our hearts to lead this next generation, to fuel this next generation. Heavenly Father, we love you. I thank you for this church. I thank you for where you're taking us. I thank you for where, where we're going. I thank you, Lord, for this heart and this vision that you're moving us to continue to reach the next generation. Heavenly Father, we love you. We're excited. We're excited today, even in a freezing cold church. We're excited to where you're taking us. And as a future of Crown Point Church, that we're not gonna wither away we're going to continue to grow. We're going to continue to change. And we're going to continue to see the next generation know and to follow Jesus. God, we love you. Thank you for who you are in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Hey, we love you guys. Um, hey, if you see any of our next-gen team out in the lobby, make sure and, and thank them. And, and tell them you're excited for what's going on. Um, we love you guys. You can be dismissed, bundle up, cuddle with someone if you need to, whatever you got to do, um, stay warm. Uh, you can be dismissed.